Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Waiting to Be Signed, the show where we reveal the week's events on FX Hash. My name is Will and I'm joined by Trinity. Before we get started, a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money surrounding it, as the market is a key part of FX Hash. That said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is just for fun and conversation. You can follow us on Twitter at Waiting to Sign to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week, or for those who prefer a visual language, on Instagram at Waiting to Be Signed. And of course, if you are feeling generous, you can mint our weekly show notes on FX Text or donate to us directly at waitingtosign.tez. Trinity, happy Friday. How's it going? It is going very well. I'm looking forward to jumping in the car for a nice seven-hour road trip after we wrap up this recording. I'm assuming you're going to Pittsburgh. What's the occasion? My parents are, they need some help with the house. Um, They're doing a house tour type of thing and they need people who've lived in the house to talk to people about the house. So wait, are they selling it? No, they're, they're, it's like a house tour. So my mom is a part of like the local community activist thing to help promote the community. And so our house is on the tour of houses to just show like, Hey, look at all these cool places that are in our town. Like you should move here and like help continue to make it awesome. So They've been doing it for 10 years. I've never been. This is like their low-key way of trying to get you to come move into their neighborhood. They've stopped trying. They've stopped trying. They stopped trying a long time ago. Enjoy that drive. (laughs) I have a good uh, new ghost story podcast for you. Oh, that sounds scary. Also, those are always good. No, no, it's very like the the guy who makes it does more of an investigative kind of like journalistic approach to it and Mm -hmm. vets the stories really heavily before he puts them out and... They're really, really well produced and they're very good. Maybe I'll, I'll give that a listen. I was going to try to go through back episodes starting with episode one for the, the whole Zeneca podcast. Well, I guess it depends on if your partner is riding with you or not. No, I'm. this is solo. Oh, okay. Then yeah, do whatever you want. I was thinking, yeah. of, I was thinking of like fun couples listening material like ghost stories. Yeah, but I will take that one for the future. Cool. I don't know if we'll be doing any road trips for a while, but you know, just in case. All right. Well, should we do some? We have we have a lot of really cool, diverse, great art this week. So let's let's get through the news and donations so that we can tackle those projects. Where do you want to start on the news? The big first piece of no- news was from earlier this week, and that was you know relayed via innocuous tweet that you can now sell Versum things on Object, which is absolutely huge. Versum as a marketplace, for those who don't know, it's more like an object, a Taya, a hen type of thing. It's very focused on the art with a ton of thumbnails everywhere. You could put generative art there, but it would be curated. You can't like yeah. live mint generative art like we can on FX hash. Exactly. The downsides to Versum over the long haul has been it's been a closed marketplace. If you mint something on Versum, you have to sell it on Versum, you can't take it off platform. You can display things like in DECA galleries and stuff, but it made people a little bit nervous, I would say. And I think it just hurt discoverability a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting. I guess they finally capitulated. I mean, I remember from some months back, I think they implied that like either object implied or versum implied, they were in negotiations with each other over that. I'm not sure if that meant like something on the contracts and making sure a certain part of the platform fees would still go to Versum if it was sold on object or something. So I imagine that's what they're trying to protect is their revenue stream. That's the whole point of that model, right? Like if you're going to mm-hmm. be restrictive, then 
is to try to maximize the revenue from those fees. But if in the process you just get no fees because no one's trading on your platform, then I guess you have to start figuring out something else. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a big trust element there. Like if anything happened to Versum, like I could understand why people would be freaked out if they can't actually put their NFTs on a marketplace anywhere. You know, I haven't followed it too closely since then. I've heard rumors that there have been a number of big Zancan sales following the opening up because Zancan has done some really nice drops on Versum, actually. I've started to see some uh, offers through Object Now coming in on like my Thursday dawn and stuff like that. So I remember for a while, I think a lot of people thought this was inevitable that Versum would have to open up and that the Zancan pieces there in particular, like considering their addition sizing, comparing them to pieces that w- that were available on Object, they were a little bit lower. And so it was kind of like a smart play to go get some of those now before they do what they did, right? Open it up. And I'm sure those prices are starting to come into parity more now. Yeah. Thursday Dawn in particular is one of the ones that people really like from Versum. Yeah, it's, it's just old enough. And yeah, there he's released a lot of work there. So mm-hmm. it's good. I'm really happy to hear this news in all honesty. I've had some issues with like the Versum UI sometimes and you know, way back when it was kind of buggy when it came to minting. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like overall interface and design, like give you this over a Taya almost any day of the week, it feels a lot more usable. I mean, Taya is, all, is like intentionally unusable in some ways. Like they're no. trying to force discovery on you more than anything. But you, you never really were around for the original Hen. Like Taya no. is just exactly the same as Hen was. Yeah, I think that you had sent me a Hen link last October or November. I think I clicked on it once and I was like, what the hell is this site, man? Totally offended by it, yeah. <laughs> and I just like clicked out of it like immediately. It's like, this is unusable garbage that I'm not invested in enough to figure it out. Yeah, it looks so. illegal. I mean, and that's fine. It's an aesthetic. That's great news. I mean, I guess we'll kind of track Zancan, some other of the bigger artists there and see if some big sales really start to happen, like you know, four-digit or five-digit sales start to come off that platform. But speaking of big sales, <laughs> the other kind of piece of news this week was like, since our recording last week talking about September by Tyler Boswell, the piece has continued to erupt and largely catalyzed, I think, by one individual sale of edition 106 that went for 5,000 Tez. That's a case of some of like always being listed, right? <laughs> like if you're going to... If you like a piece but and you have a really aspirational price for it, you might as well put it up because you never know who's going to come along and pluck it. And then that just kind of triggered a huge, I, I think the floor like doubled or tripled really quickly. So that was the thing that triggered the run, would you say? Yeah. Okay. That's my impression of it was like people were still buying them in the mid 100s and stuff, right? Because at this point now, the piece is almost 100% flipped. 343 secondary sales out of 365. Flora 400. <laughs> yeah, 60 on the market. Yeah, Flora is now 400. So that one piece getting bought, it obviously got like retweeted, you know, Lonely tweeted about it. The, this FX hash sales bot tweeted about it. <laughs> right. So it definitely triggered, I think, another round of FOMO for a project that was already feeling some FOMO because that's that's really rare. I mean, 5,000, I'm trying to think of even the last time like an RGB or a Contra or a Dragon sold for 5,000. 
It's been a while. It's been a while. So that's really a lot. I mean, that's verified error on uh, FX hash. The last couple of days, the floor is still holding pretty okay. I mean, I guess that's what happens when something is 100% flipped. But I mean, what do you think of 106? (laughs) It's really nice. It actually kind of reminds me of... um, Machio? Machio, exactly. Yeah. The planetary collisions thing. Yes. The the moon, the shattered moon project. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I would say it's like the most perfect piece. Like I would say it's like, you know what I mean? When it comes to like perfect circles, perfect lines, everything is just lined up perfectly. The way the colors are broken up is really nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's especially rare or anything like that. I didn't actually look to see where it it stood in the rarity ranking. It's not that that necessarily matters, but I'm, I'm I'm assuming the person who bought it bought it just on aesthetics and really liked the way that one looked. I didn't actually really look into their wallet too much, did you? To see like what else they owned? I didn't either. I think we've been seeing them in the sales feed here and there. Mm. Oh, they have a very interesting collection, actually. It's missing like six months. So (laughs) someone who was collecting pretty early but has no RGBs, no bingos, none of the, no no skulls, none of this, none of the kind of the, the early stuff you might expect someone to have, and then there's just kind of a pretty big gap between like somewhere in the middle of beta to much more recently. Um, they do have a hot knife by Vince McKelvey. <laughs> I mean, that's and just good taste right there. Yeah, quite, quite a. And mo- most recently, they've been collecting a lot of Toei Minto, the fragment assembler piece that we talked about couple months ago some jerrys crash euphorias from chris mccauley looks like someone who's just decided to come back recently a little bit after post beta yeah yeah they have a lot of returns yeah a lot of septembers too Mm -hmm. a lot of crash euphorias it looks like they really have been very active the last couple of weeks really interestingly a lot of uh prospective estradas from that artist 111 v lab who was releasing a bunch of these really cool kind of like 3D pieces um, for pretty cheap that no one was minting really at the time. They're fun. Honestly, yeah. if I look at the thumbnail for this, is it weird that I get like slight the 400 flips vibes? I can see that for sure. But these I think actually are 3D and you can like tilt them and do stuff to them. Or maybe not this particular one that, that they picked up. This is an artist that I actually was like used to mint a ton of because I thought for sure they were going to get attention and for whatever reason they never caught on. It's been a while since they've released two, but like that whole series of was really, really powerful. I thought. Yeah. Even if they did just keep naming it the same thing over and over again, (laughs) that was kind of the weird thing that they did. It's okay. The coda to the September thing is obviously I fumbled extra hard selling early on this piece, but I think process-wise, the decision-making was right. Given the market, absolutely. Sometimes if you're going to take profits like that, I would say 90% of the time you're going to feel like a genius a week later because the piece will be probably back down around mint value. Sometimes you just sell three fragments of a wave all for under 100 tests. Yeah, I was thinking of similar, like the only other mistake that I feel like I made that was this bad would have been the towers when I minted the towers. Mm. And I sold one for 70 because I got really afraid that it was flipped, like so heavily flipped, which it was. And I was just like, shit, okay, I'm going to get out of this. And then it, it just kept going. Also, like I did hold some fragments, but I also did sell some 
much earlier than the 500 range. Yeah. It happens. It's okay. But we got great art for this week. So do you want to do donations so we can talk about all the cool stuff? Yeah, we got some good donations this week. Longtime donator, Rich Poole, gifted us a Sabler Serengeti, which was um, one of the the free drops for issuers or for um, holders in the last week or so. Got the binding string and bound, which was the David Bryce Allen piece um, that was worked on with Tender. Uh, user OTM gifted us an enclosure. And then Sean Yost had a very generous test donation, which we always appreciate. And then also huge shout outs to Tyler Boswell of said September fame or infamy for buying our FX te- text article at the highest tier of 64 tests. So that's what it's there for. If you want to reach and you know give us a lot of love, we're never going to say no. So thank you, Tyler. Yeah, that was, awesome. that was really cool to see that that uh, mint come through. That was exciting. And thank you, as always, everyone, for donating. All right. So looking at our favorites for the week, which, again, is things that we like that didn't necessarily make the top of the sales list, right? It looks like you have a couple. Yeah, I'm going to start with a project that I think I talked about briefly at the end of the last episode called Mid-File Crisis by an artist named Lichterloh. And this is a really cool animated kind of like think of multiple colors of ink or oil all sitting within like a thin plastic container, right? So that you can see through and they're they're just sloshing around back and forth and creating all of these cool colors. And there's like different levels of transparency. I really liked this project when it was in the queue. Uh, It's only 23 Tez, 251 editions. I just think it's really awesome. It kind of reminds me of you know, in a weird way of art for walls and public spaces of like, not because of the colors or the animation, it's very different, but because I feel like this piece would feel right at home on a really, really, really large format, like a 10 by eight rectangular display that you might see like in a public space, right? This would just put be it a on really your cool TV. Thing. Yeah. I still got to get a TV, but something like that. Now the, now the one issue, and I know that you were talking to me about this is like the way that the project itself displays is inset. And the artist did address that on Twitter. It's mostly for performance issues, but there are some ways around that if you want it to get bigger. So I haven't tried that, but they outlined what you could try on Twitter. And we can like link to that in the show notes, of course, so people can explore it. So definitely a project you have to open in live mode so that you get it a little bit bigger and you can really see how cool it is. And uh, still about 20 additions left for anyone who wants to get one. Yeah, I was really excited to see this come through the queue just like you were. I love the animation. And even if this were a still, like the thumbnail still gets me. You know, I really like that. I just can't get past the huge margin. How much empty space there is, yeah. It just makes me want to like rage quit. (laughs) Like my browser window a little bit. That's a, a little aggressive, but it's just, I don't know. There's some really nice color combos in here. Yeah. There are some really nice thumbnails. I mean, some of the thumbnails just by themselves would have been excellent abstract pieces. Anything stick out to you? I'm looking at um, number 145, which is half gray, half red. A lot of them are like this, but I like the way that it's kind of like creeping over the piece or receding, depending on how you want to look at it. I like some of the more streaky ones from a thumbnail standpoint because they kind of Mm -hmm. remind me of some of the earlier 3D manatee. Oh, yeah. Stuff. 
of course, once they animate that, that kind of goes away. But so like number 34, for example, like that thumbnail kind of gives me a 3D Manatee vibe. I'm a big fan of all the colors that they chose here. They were influenced by some of their contemporaries here. Just a really cool first drop from Lichterlo, new artist to the platform. Is this one artist or two artists? It's a studio. Oh, it's a studio. Okay, so that could be a small group of people then. Mm-hmm. I also think the name is really funny. Lichterlo or no, Midfile mid- mid-file Crisis? Yeah. <laughs> Are you experiencing a Midfile Crisis? Not yet? Not yet. My computer is getting a little slow these days, but I'm not okay. sure what the cause of that is. We'll see. Maybe it's too many mid-files. <laughs> All right, Trinity, what's your favorite of the week? Well, my favorite of the week was one that was also your favorite of the week. And this was VHX1 by friend of the podcast, Thomas Noya, who's released a ton of other work that's been beautiful and abstract. This is a mere 128 editions, a small DA starting at 25, going down to 15. I love Thomas's work so much. Like it's just glitchy, it's dithered, it's full of crazy colors and crazy borders. Like there isn't anything about this that I don't like. It's a really, really cool project. I love the colors in them, even though I think they're not like what we might call like traditional palettes. They can kind of be, some of them kind of have a sinister feel to them, <laughs> the, the way they, they come together. But I, I kind of like that. The rainbow ones are really nice, cool, like that, uh, nice as well. They're they're very pleasing, but in contrast, some of like the darker reds and blacks and stuff that that mm-hmm. are in there, I think, are also super cool. I mean, earlier today we were just talking about uh, edition number fifty four, which is one that known collector Flood picked up from the secondary, and it's one of those ones, that, one of the very few that just has the whole spectrum of color on it, just like melting across. It's so nice. I think Tezart's minted the best one, number 45, where it just looks like an eye in a plume of fire against a really black background. That one is especially evil, but in a good way. Right now it's listed for 99 Tez down from 666 Tez. That's one that I'm going to keep my eye on because that's super cool. should put in an offer. Why not? I might. I might. I mean, the only reason not to is because I minted three and I don't have that much has to put in offers, but that would be a super cool one to own for sure. I found that I've minted so much this week. I feel like Mm. I haven't minted for like months and then I just like every day, like just buying stuff. There was a lot of cool stuff this week. Yeah, it was a really good week. So you ended up buying one on the secondary from this though, because you missed the mint, right? I did miss the mint. Luckily, it was a piece that was pretty heavily targeted, probably at the lowest tier of 15. And I just jumped in. There was one that was at 18 or 19. And, you know, I thought it was significantly better than any of the other ones near the floor. And I actually just legitimately liked it. And so I went in and I scooped it up. I'm really pleased. It's so rare that you jump in on a project on the secondary. So that's like, I feel like we should have a sound effect that plays (laughs) whenever you buy something. It's not going to get a lot of views. Yeah. (laughs) I ended up minting three by starting at the second tier, like by starting to mint at 20 because I kind of thought that at 15, it was going to go fast. So I got two at 20 and squeaked one in at 15 amongst all the flippers. And I got one kind of really nice dark one that has a little bit of rainbow flair to it. And then two more icy blue, which actually looking through these might be on the rarer side as far as the palettes go. This is one of this project that doesn't have features, right? 
Yeah. So you kind of have to just give it a holistic look and try to figure out which might be rare and which aren't. So, I mean, this is just following what Thomas has been doing in the past for, I think, the whole HX1 series. Taking a GAN-generated piece as a seed and using code to manipulate it, kind of similar to what Avona does, Mm -hmm. like training his own models and... So technically image composition, but... Right. This one got tagged as image comp. And I think, look, reading back at the older ones, they don't have that tag, but the description is the same. So I, I would assume under like modern standards, those would be image comp as well. But yeah, I mean, really cool project. And first one from him in a minute uh, on FX hash. So uh, Tears and Rain was, wow, July. Yeah. It has been a while. Time flies when the market is slow. I really like looking through his older work. You know, obviously he took off with CHX1, which had a lot of fans. You know, I think Flood got in on that really early. Galaxy went through and bought a ton of them up. It's also a beautiful project that just has insane variations. Flores crept down to 36, which is pretty good. I was just thinking about that, yeah. Number 181, which is, the floor is kind of thin, so it's at 65 Tez, but number 181 is really nice from that series it's like Mm. full frame nice icy blue and the 169 next to it also really really nice this whole series was just very cool very cool i mean i know that we're talking about vhx1 but chx1 is just like stupid yeah (laughs) (laughs) also flood super fan wrote a tender editorial on chx1 so let's link to that we can link that yeah well yeah nice drop by Thomas there. Should I do my second favorite? Yeah. All right. So my second favorite of the week is Will It Get Some Wind for the Sailboat by John Rising. This was 120 editions Dutch auction that started at 20 and went all the way down to two and a half where it minted out. Not even that crazy fast, to be honest. Um, oh, actually, no. Maybe I started minting these at five. I'm not, I don't actually remember where I minted them. But for 120 editions, you kind of would have expected it to be gone instantly. It wasn't that tough to get them in. So I ended up getting three of them. And I don't know, there is something about this one, the simplicity of it, but the execution being so well done. Mm-hmm. I know people like that it's 128. I personally thought it could have done far more additions. Agreed. It kind of actually reminds me of QQL <laughs> in a way. I don't think that that's intentional, but I don't know. There's something really just charmingly perfect about this and piece. imperfect this yeah. is not perfect circles or squares it's it's those little details that's what make, makes it so great so like my mint number 10 at a glance is just very basic but every single one of those little shapes the slight variations on them give it such a hand-painted feel i think the color mm-hmm. palettes are really well developed and even just like the the attention to the the background coloring not being just like flat pink like a lot of subtle variation there. I don't know. Every single one of these that I look at, like I, this is one that I went very close to like buying a ton of on the secondary. I still might because it just, there's something so appealing about it to me that I really can't quite articulate. Is it the geometry? Is it the grids? It is really, really nice. I think a lot of it is the color palettes. I think the color palettes are so well done, but also just their ability to create so much gentle variety out of something so simple. It just feels like a really sophisticated piece to me. 
I'm not really sure how else to yeah. put it. You just kind of have to keep looking at them and just like, whoa, there's something really cool going on with these. I really wish it was bigger, <laughs> like 250 or something, but. Yeah. And I think it's really cool to see like, and just the, the different variations, you know, you have some that are like slightly less structured and random in terms of the outlay of colors. Like the one that you have, for example, it's like a very consistent color, and but it's like there isn't a distinct pattern. Where if I'm looking at, uh, let's say, number 111, for example, it looks like there's a horizon point, there's a sky, and like there's a series of like bands and roads kind of getting there. And so you're able to actually kind of see something into it. It's almost like you have really terrible vision, but you're still looking. It just shows that there are so many different like patterns and layouts and just different types of beauty that emerge from the algorithm rather than it just being purely abstract. I kind of see the same thing with mm. uh, number 116. There's still like a structure, but the words escape me. It, this is a really, really nice project. There was a project from like a month or two back now that was like colorful tiles. Some of them were just like super random. Some of them are really structured. This kind of hits the same note. I, I prefer this one. Something about it just really hits for me, which is why it's on my favorites list. Like it didn't go crazy on the secondary. The floor is, the floor is you know, good. It's 12 Tez. That's great it's for good. right now. But definitely go check this project out. Also be sure to check out the FX text article. So that way you can see what we're seeing and it doesn't just have us spewing slightly irrational words about shapes This one's and color. just really hard to talk about. Cool. So should we do our top five? Yeah. I mean, and that's not our top five necessarily. It is just like the, the top, top five, five of the week. So should we start with number one? Yeah. In terms of volume? What was it? That was Irrational Beauty by Yazid. 261 editions, Dutch auction that was very interestingly tiered based off of the, the golden ratio, starting at 618, ending at 55.722, which is where it minted out. Predictably, I think the, the, the tier above that was 145, so a pretty big gap. It wasn't that gassy at 55. Yeah, surprising actually, considering it's like not even 300 editions. Diazzi is like, you know, kind of revered status on the platform in a lot of ways, like well regarded. So I, I kind of thought this was going to be an enormous gas war, but I guess that just kind of shows like where the market's at <laughs> in a sense. Despite that, it still got pretty heavily flipped. It did. And I think that. Once you become an artist of a certain caliber and name, mm -hmm. you will be flipped no matter what the price point. But it was also pretty successfully flipped, I would say. It's been a while since we've seen movement. Well, it's been one hour since somebody They're made They're still a slowly um, <laughs> selling. We've seen a pretty clear breakout in collector preference. Yeah. So for those who don't know, like there are a couple of different variations of this particular project. There are five different modes. It's similar to Horizontes in that. It's still the same execution. It's just it's drawing them differently. It's a theme, but right? It's like the same. They're five very, very distinct flavors. Could never be mistaken for each other, with the exception of maybe 3D and Plotter. I don't know. But it's the type of thing where it's like Horizontes. It's like uninhabitable, where there are clearly defined visual variations within the entire collection that enable people to go and find the one that they like the best. I'll give you uninhabitable. I think that that's a better 
comparison for sure. It's a really interesting project. Pricing issues aside, which I think that that was kind of a weird move by him to make, but... Uh, It was on theme, right? It's uh, one of the Herbert W. Frank, Frankie? Yeah, but there certainly was a little bit of gas uh, used and probably could have captured some more like primary revenue by not dropping the last tier by almost 100 Tez. If they had put some middling tiers in there, I'm for sure. Because I think someone, the first ones did start to get minted at the 150, right? The person who minted the very first one did not mint it at 55. No, absolutely not. Um, so there was room in there to... To optimize, to optimize. from a, a donation to charity yes. perspective, but not to optimize from an artistic expression perspective. Yeah. You know, the entire theme of this was the golden ratio. There's like a really great link in the, the project notes to a thought experiment or an actual experiment. Is the golden ratio really the most beautiful proportion where it gives you the golden ratio and then lets you like move the rectangles to so I find the thing that pleases you the most so that then you could submit it and see like what do people actually prefer more than the golden ratio. Mm-hmm. I think mine that I I found was pretty damn close. A good estimation of the golden ratio, right? Yeah. I think I started at the golden ratio and then I slid it around and then I was like, oh, these are all terrible. And so I just put it back as close to the golden ratio mm-hmm. as I could because mm-hmm. it's like a weird defunct like slider thing. You minted two, right? No, I minted one. I tried for two, but it, it, it failed. Yeah. But I did really enjoy the one I minted. I couldn't even mint one. And I, a lot of people, it seemed, were having issues minting it. Like, I don't know if it was the rush of people or if it was because of gas or what, but even right when it clicked to the 55 tier, I would mint and it, the prompt was just telling me that it was going to fail. And I saw some other people getting that. So I had to buy mine on the secondary. I think that's probably a good choice though. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously when you're flipping through the variations, you don't see like the percentage. And I think this is where that uninhabitable horizontes, whatever connection comes in because there are the the very, very distinct styles. And one of the styles, which in my mind is my least favorite of them actually, is like half of the project or like 40%. Yeah, the 2D version. The 2D. The most common one. Yeah. The 2D ones, I think there are some really nice variations in there, but there's also some that because of the way the colors got selected for the blocks, I guess. And I'm sure that was a semi-random or random thing. Like you get some extremely minimal where you wouldn't necessarily know it was like this project's about the golden ratio because you you have an almost monocolored block with like one or two small rectangles of a different color in there. I mean, I guess depending on how you want to think about it, those are either like really cool outliers, like number 28, right? Which actually the person who owns number 28 has it listed for well above floor because it is such an outlier in the collection. But I don't know if it screams like golden ratio to me, like looking at that piece. So it's a little bit challenging in that sense. But a lot of the ones that are just like nice distribution of colors and and lots of blocks, like I don't mind. I would love to have one of those if I was building a collection of these. My personal preference, I'd be kind of sad if I had a 2D. I think the plotter and the 3D are, in my mind, by far the best. Like those two, depending on um, like how 3D it is, like they have the far Taylor vibe, mm-hmm. which again, sorry to make that comparison. I know that like that whole hatch thing is also a lot of like in Yazid's repertoire of 
outputs. But in my mind, those are by far like the most textured, the best. Uh, it's all subjective, of course. Yeah, I actually thought going into this that the serigraph versions, because I was under the impression initially that they all were self, that they would all redraw just the serigraph mode, which is like just the, the black and white ones. They all redraw after a minute. Like that's a part of the piece. Well, that's what I learned later. <laughs> it wasn't clear to me from flipping through because as, when I was looking at the piece in the queue, the only ones that were doing that for me were the serigraph ones. Also, some of them like scroll and do other weird things. So those are little features that you can find but that aren't actually listed as features. And I think you have to kind of dig and find the ones that do that. I really liked it. I thought it was a nice tribute. It's kind of right in Yazid's like wheelhouse, right? Of taking yeah. a minimal idea and trying to find the best way to execute it. Yeah, I'm happy with the one I picked up. I'm sad I didn't get to mint, but I guess I potentially saved myself some agony of minting one that I wouldn't have been super happy with. But you wouldn't have known that at the time. You know, I think we'll continue to see like a huge differentiation in fours. Like I think there's one like seriograph that is like kind of not too far above floor. Yeah, I've noticed that those have gone way down uh, that they've been floating around the floor. Like and some of them have yeah. gone pretty cheap on offer as well. I just wanted to also just shout out number 114, which is a plotter style piece that is full of red hatching that just goes back into space. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that that one is in the Get notes. In the somewhere. notes. So I'm, I'm calling it out as being really beautiful. I've been looking at it for a long time. It's a really cool project. And it's just cool to have Yazid doing another drop here. It's also been a while for him, right? Like his Gestalt. And then KGM, Kindergarten Mon Monuments, it was one of the first, it was the first, the collaboration, first collaboration after. But that was all the way back in April. So yeah. that was, that was yeah. a long time. Cool. Should we move on to the next one? Yeah, let's do that. Another piece that we hyped at the end of last episode, The Fire Within by Yi Wen Lin, 256 editions. It was a Dutch auction starting at 48 and that's where it ended. I think that was something that we probably mentioned was like this Dutch auction starting way too low. <laughs> it did mint out there. Didn't need gas though, I don't think. No, I think I put in a symbolic 0.5 or 1. Mm -hmm. And I think I could have gotten 3 or 4 if I wanted to. I did mint 2. This is on the trend of Trinity mints. I'm glad that you're minting this week. That's nice. <laughs> I minted 2 as well to try to sell one. And I guess a lot of people had that idea. This was another piece that was heavily heavily flipped. So I think it'll be a while before mine sells because I'm not trying to sell it at like the very floor. But mm -hmm. the piece itself, I think, met expectations. <laughs> it's super, super I think cool it piece. surpassed expectations in terms of execution. Yeah. My computer tends to freeze up every single time I load a certain FX hash pieces. And this is one where it's perfectly smooth, super nice. And then... If you click the variations, like just even seeing them animate between each other, it feels so serene and just seamless. Yeah. Which I really like. I was able to sell one of mine for 120. The floors are pretty high in the first bit after the mint. So I sold one to cover costs, but I think I'm going to try to hold on to my other one as much as possible. I was a touch more ambitious and I was tried to get it for 135 and mine is still sitting up there. I got a kind of a blue one, which I thought might be like a, an appealing color to someone who was trying to fill them out. And I'm just going to leave it there though, because I don't dislike it at all. I was just like looking mm -hmm. between the two of mine. 
and I slightly preferred number 31, the first one I minted. That smoky vibe of that one I really, really liked. And the streaks across the middle. So I, I guess the the thing to note here, this is UN shifting into, into shaders, right? That's something that I think we mentioned mm, last time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he had used that in any of his previous work. And this just like opens up a whole new variety of visual effects that can be executed now. He's already been uh, experimenting with quite a bit in the abstract space. If you just look at the way that Wondering, for example, is built, because that has like a 3D component as well. Mm -hmm. The body of work here is already like really impressively executed and like tastefully executed, whether it's Wondering, Labyrinth, Maze, Hex, those really stand out. Yeah. And so it'll be really cool to see what is in the future. I'm excited. I mean, this is just such an interesting new piece from him. And the other really cool thing, I wonder if you noticed this as you were looking through, a lot of these feature circles, do you think that he may have recycled some of the code from his first drop? I don't know. Especially some the ones that feature multiple circles. I'm, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that in like an homage kind of way. Like The circles looks like almost like a record, you know, where it's like the, the grooves and the lines going around mm-hmm. it, which is really distinct. And some of them, you know, when I was slipping through, definitely have that you see some of that, that feel. feel and also in like the the ratio in which they're overlapping and things like so like yeah for example like number 82 is a good example of one that where the circles are really distinct and i was just like oh i wonder if that's like a cheeky little nod to his very first project on the platform maybe i think that we both have a really tender spot for circles perhaps it was one of the biggest type drops well, it wasn't even a drop it was one of those ones that when the marketplace was closed you couldn't mint it wasn't like you can mint 24 7 you could only mint when the market was open and there's a lot of hype around circles specifically and maybe threads a little bit as well and so everybody was like waiting for the start yeah. of like mint season and just refreshing their browser just so that they could nab as many circles as possible. So I think the ones that really broke through for him, like on the secondary were like hex maze and labyrinth initially. And I remember these being ones like threads and circles that were much cheaper on the secondary. I remember talking to you and like strategically, should we be picking up some circles? Should we be picking up some threads and like, and especially once like strand came out, I think we had runs on like threads and circles. Cause they're also like fairly early. Like the circles is project 316, November wow, 17th. That's, that's like very early in the history of FX hash. And the floor is still pretty low, honestly, on a 16 Tez. I'm still sitting on my threads and circles. I think I sold one or two. Yeah. Those are really fun days yeah. of just the market was about to open. You had five projects that you wanted to mint that you've been thinking about over the last 16 hours. You can only mint once per block. What is the order right. <laughs> that you will try how, to How are you going to prioritize? Order of operations, man. It was fun. I miss those times a little bit. It's definitely easier now. Much easier. Those are fun, you have to admit. Anything else that you want to say about Fire Within? Like Other than that, this is just a really stunning project. <laughs> we're stuck with a lot of abstract pieces to talk about this week, and we're going to have extra hard time describing them. <laughs> definitely check the notes. I don't really have anything to say other than that. It's really impressive. Um, it'll be interesting to see how what happens with this over the longer run. You mean like from a market standpoint, if it'll get, get through this phase of flipping? Yeah. 
I mean, like when I look at this, like the project that comes to mind, even though they're not like overly similar, is Dissolution by Jeff Palmer. Mm. There's similarities there to be sure. You know, it's Fire Within is more of the inky side rather than like the grid side, painted abstract. And I know that that project had like some really, really big moments because it was so tightly held. We'll see. I will know more in a week, right? Oh, it's already been a week for this project and the floor is, the floor is holding yeah. at double the mint, basically. So that's a really strong indicator. And they've already sold through 138 of them on the secondary, 75 left. So 75 is about a little what? That's almost 40% listed, 30-something percent listed. So it's getting there. People people keep coming through and buying them. I, I see them in the sales feed all the time still. I mean, it's a fun one. It's a great and, job. You know, it's you can just keep on getting so many because there aren't really distinct features and so just keep going for more yeah it's kind of how i feel about the vhx one to be honest is like there are a certain like number of palettes maybe but like just the way that they're structured and organized and like different levels of chaos it's a project that lets you find the exact one that you really really love i think more so than other ones whether or not it's for sale or at a price you can afford but you can still find it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can find yeah. it. You can put an offer in. You can right-click save it. It's fine. Yeah. On a similar note, there's a, the next project I think also falls in that category. And do you want to talk about that next project? Yeah, I think we should. should. we just end it here? No, no, no. no. <laughs> we got to talk about it because this is another super cool one in a, in a week full of, full of cool abstract drops. So this is uh, Holland's, and this was Robert Hodgen, Flight 404, in collaboration with Tender. It was 500 editions, which is a lot these days dutch auction starting at 325 going down to 68 where it sits now the public side of this minted out pretty quickly and most of them went at 75 i think there were a couple of at 68 i minted one at 75 i minted one at 75 and one at 68 yeah yeah same so the public half of it went out really fast there's still some being held in reserve for tenders part of the luxury of having the reserve is you don't have to mint it right away <laughs> you, you can log on wherever you want but i think it's going to mint out pretty soon there's only 45 left that'll probably happen over the next day or so mm -hmm. the project itself is insane i'll challenge you trinity to describe this one because it's, it's a yet another abstract piece all right so basically it's a really cool abstract piece which is exactly what you said that is like created by something like half a billion particles populating onto the screen. And so you get a ton of glowy, vibrant, textury stuff. It kind of makes me think of a nebula if you're looking like through a telescope or at pictures from NASA. It's just like so space-like and so glowy. And it just creates all of these different patterns, I would say. When it's loading, it's like kind of animating into itself in a really, really delightful way. You know, I think that this one, as with so many of these collaborations, just really pushing it in terms of what generative art is trying to do, especially from a technical side, especially because it's so freaking smooth to load. The things that really caught me on this piece, like I agree, like some of them have a super cosmic vibe and it's like you're looking through a mm -hmm. telescope, but also some of them have to me like an almost subatomic, like microscopic vibe to them. And I, I love that duality of like, some of them feels like you're really looking at just like the building blocks of atoms. And I think part of that is that mm -hmm. whenever I play with um, Mid Journey, I'm always doing like these like 
physics-based prompts. And some of them kind of remind me of some of the things I've gotten out of mid-journey, putting in prompts like subatomic particle collision, you know, photon, like Feynman diagram. Like you get all of these really interesting outputs when you put in prompts like that. Mm-hmm. The other cool thing about it is like the luster on these there's a quality oh to them. Oh my gosh, it's the glow. Yeah, there's this quality to them that's like that almost gives them an organic feel that is really the only other time I feel like I've seen it, and I'm looking at like say like number 44 here, is that Cyril Diagni piece. The numbers one? Numbers, but also Radio Gel? Yeah, radio gel. I feel like this is an effect that is not very easy <laughs> to do. I, and I think Radio Gel probably wasn't mm-hmm. done in P5. I think it was done with something different. So considering that this piece was done in P5 or GLSL. So no, that was also a little bit different. So they're using something here that's like getting this effect that really stands out to me as being unique for the platform. Like Yeah, number 73 does it nicely. Yeah, I was looking at number uh, six, actually, which has that subatomic feel that I think you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And just like pure bright gold. And even looking at it, I think maybe more from like not the, the thumbnail, but when you just kind of expand it into when you play it, it kind of gives me like Hardeen vibes. Some of them do. Yeah, for sure. And then even like just looking at the top row here, there's so much cool diversity. Like NFT Economist minted number three. Number three, looking at the thumbnail initially gave me like fragments of a wave vibes. The way it's like kind of like these, these oh, webby yeah, connections and stuff. Oh, yeah, that one is really nice. That one's super cool. Number seven, to me, like my interpretation of that, it almost feels like an abstracted model of like the core of an atom. And like mm. the plus, like the cross actually is kind of like interesting because it's like, oh, it could be like positively charged or something. You know? Okay, that was actually one thing I wanted to ask you about is how do you feel about the characters that are in the middle of some of them. So like we definitely have the cross or the plus sign. Mm -hmm. We can call it a plus sign. That's a number seven. We have the circles. We have the circles. We have the double plus sign. There is a minus sign. And is there a minus sign? There is. There's also number 80, which has the the pound symbol. And I really don't like number 80. I'm just going to put that one out there right now. You don't like like that. I don't like the hash. Mm. It, It, I think it, takes away from the overall collection because i feel like the collection it's so beautiful and so abstract and then to have like this thing that definitely does not occur anywhere in nature or anything it feels really uh contrived Mm. i think i take your point i certainly get it yeah i hadn't noticed that one i think and also i think the starkness of that one because there there's not too much going on in the periphery of it right it's just kind of like swirls mm-hmm. around it overall though i don't mind it the way i see them is like these feel like particle systems and in order to make them do interesting things you have to present barriers what and particle objects system is based around the freaking hash no 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 no. but the, the particle system itself in order to make it do interesting things you need to present barriers and objects and things for it to work around right so that's kind of how i yeah. viewed it in this case and maybe those barriers are like physical barriers or maybe those barriers are like fields right like for the circles maybe you could think of them as like magnetic fields like magnetically charged zones something that the the particles warp mm-hmm. and move around maybe the hash hash sign is a little much but i think it's the only one with a hash sign in the collection so far i mean i'm only have scrolled through like 300 of them 
Yeah, I haven't noticed any others. So it's like hyper rare. So it's not, I guess, a knock on the entire collection. I just saw it and it made me mad. Okay. Well, you don't have to own that Which one. Which is great. Yeah. <laughs> we have the right to be mad. It doesn't even sound like you're that mad, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't get really get yeah, mad, do I? I don't think you do. I'm pretty chill. The art is fantastic. I love this piece. It's like a top two or three tender club for me. Maybe top two. Which one do you think you like more? Adrift? I'm trying to decide between Reconnaissance mm -hmm. is really high up there for me. But then also the faces. Oh, emotional shell. Emotional shell. Just because it, that was such, again, like such a new thing for the platform. And it was just so so yeah, shocking, like, but in a good way. <laughs> they both really break the mold in terms of everything else that is on the platform. Mm -hmm. And I think Adrift is also in that category of things that just we don't see other people put out. Right. If you know what I mean. Yeah. It's interesting. I know that we want to talk about art, not the market, but... This is below mint. Right oh, is now. it now? It's crazy. Yeah, uh, floor is sixty-two. That's wild, actually. Yeah, and you know there are a number of them that are below that seventy-eight price point that I think most of them got minted out at, which means that after royalties, you know, we have quite a few people taking a loss. Mm -hmm. I guess it's just kind of an indicator of the market. Like, you're looking at this piece. I think it's very justifiably five hundred editions. I think you could have probably gone further with it mm -hmm. just based on what we're seeing but it's also just like 500 times 68 tes it's a lot it is a lot but if you had the choice between buying 50 of these on the secondary or one september mm -hmm. and i don't mean to i'm not detracting from september at one all five thousand tes <laughs> september you mean <laughs> yes yeah. one five thousand tes september yeah. or even just getting like four or five of these versus one September. Like I'm not, again, not taking away from September or Tyler's work at all. It's just like an interesting point of where we place value along the artistic spectrum for like anything. Right. Is it because the mint price was higher here? Is it because there's less demand? Is it because of like the reserves? Is it because of the addition, number of additions? Like we talked a lot when 1.0 came out and reserves and the Dutch auctions. And like we were, we noticed pretty early on a semi consistent trend of projects that were heavily reserved that use a Dutch auction having price action similar to this. That is under the, the guise of people don't want to mint out at, you know, a middle tier of the Dutch auction because it's going to go to the lowest tier and then everybody's going to buy the lowest tier. Right. Here, not only did this hit the lowest tier, but with the tender collaborations all of those reserves are buying at the tier below the tier that the public mints out it's not going to the lowest tier ever unless the public goes out to the, the lowest tier and so you're right when we've talked about this in the past you know psychologically it doesn't matter because we are irrational beings but from a rational side i don't think that the mechanics should play out the same you're assuming that people actually like absorb the knowledge of how the Dutch auctions work here yeah, and that they're being done manually and that they have a rule where if it minted out at the top tier, then tenders wouldn't get to buy it at 68. People barely know anything about drops, like when they are, like what the pricing is, like, oh, that's a, people barely know any of the details. And so to expect that the general public knows like the nuances of how a tender Dutch auction works, is like 
it's not going to impact their behavior in any way. They're just going to assume it's exactly the same as any other where the tenders automatically get it at the lowest tier no matter what. So like yeah. psychologically, I think it's exactly the same for them. I do think though that this is the type of piece that would have made an enormous splash in a better market. Which means that it's not too late, right? No. I mean, honestly, I think at 68 Tez, considering that it's probably going to finish minting out by the time this episode airs, that's a lot right now. I mean, September didn't like mint out the top tier, right? Minted out at 37? Minted out at 37. 35s? But that was not the top top tier of the Dutch auction, right? Clearly not everyone saw that piece and said, this is going to be a 400 test floor that's going to have sales up to 5,000. Because if you knew that going in, you would have just minted it at the top tier because you would want to have secured as much value as possible. And it would have been weird to like wait to try to get an extra 10 Tez per mint. People are not really good at predicting the value of projects or, or knowing that stuff ahead of time. You can never predict that someone's going to come around and just like toss 5,000 <laughs> on, on a piece like that and reinvigorate the market around a project. So that's fair. You know, I think you've already mentioned um, like Radio Gel as a project that really was just kind of doing its own thing. And then both that and Waxing Crescents really took off at some point, right? Yeah. It's not predictable. It's nothing you can really do for it. And so sometimes it just takes, you know, the devoted effort of a couple of key collectors to really spur things along. Very similar to what Clown Vamp did with Ask Me About the Dimensional Shift or some of the other Lisa Orth pieces. For me personally, like I think that this is more or less how I expected the drop to play out. I'm not really sure what you could do under the current market dynamics right now other than like you kind of have to decide as an artist, like, do you want to get your test in the primary or do you want to make a play to have like a really crazy secondary? And that's a, kind of a really hard choice to make. I mean, I guess it depends on your personal financial situation, but I would never fault an artist for being like, I have bills, <laughs> you know, I have to pay rent. We need to get as much out of the project as we can and valuing their work and the time they put into it. And like, we know that there was a lot of time put into this project. This was not a very simple, um, get it out in a couple weeks type of thing. Like Liam is on the contract, right? When we, we had our episode with Liam uh, that came out at this point, like a week or two ago. And this was one of the projects he was helping <laughs> get fixed so that the performance would be there for when it went on FX hash. So there's a lot of agony and, and work that went to this. I mean, it shows because it really is a singular piece on the platform and Robert's an amazing artist and he's had success in art blocks. And like, I'm not really worried about this one long-term. Like, if anything, it's no. an opportunity. I minted a all green one. I listed it in like the two fifties because I was like, maybe there's a collector out there who really likes to buy green stuff who <laughs> who will who will come along and buy it. But other than that, like I love my mints. Like I think they're wild. Like I look at all these other mints and think about like what I could have gotten. They're all so cool. I'm just really impressed by this piece. Agreed. It's really ambitious and I think it's spectacular. Like, I'm just imagining like a world where there's like a gallery or a museum or whatever that is just showcasing like some of the tender collaborations because they are all so crazy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whether it's like hyper-realistic, like with reconnaissance, like, like, like photographs are just like full on like biological, like, like slideware, you know, or it's like that the hyper in-depth view, it's, you know, they all bring something special. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked a lot about this drop, so maybe it's time to move on to yet another freaking abstract project. Yeah. Trazy Doc? Trazy Doc? Trazy Doc? Trazy Doc by Heavy. 
yeah, I'm not really sure how to say it, but yeah, this was 512 editions, 10 Tez, and it was fully reserved out for holders of Heavy's other projects. I had one reserved for the one sequence I have, and you, you said you had two. Two reserves for the two sequences yeah. I have. Yeah, have an abstract piece from Heavy, actually kind of re-leveraging the code from Density, and I guess doing something... Oh, really? Yeah. In the very brief description of the project, he writes, I wanted to highlight the hidden face of generative art, the code, by literally integrating the code of my biggest project to date density in each output of the project. Oh, does, or does that mean like the words? Is there actual like letters and code embedded into it? There is a feature that says text size. Okay. Oh, yeah. I think it actually is doing it with code because if you look at text size extra large, like if you open up number 35, perhaps. Oh, and the text size is yeah. extra large. Okay, so yeah, you can actually see the code here. I had missed that. I guess the one, the one that I minted, the, the code must have been really small because it just kind of read like a brush stroke kind of thing to me. So that solves that mystery. <laughs> a different variation of reuse, I suppose. Yeah, what did, you th- what did you think of this one? I thought it was really cool. You know, I really like Heavy's abstract work, I would say, a lot more than like the more realistic stuff that he's been doing recently with like Density and Canyon and Clea. Mm-hmm. I still think that like Sequence and Fireworks might be still my favorite Heavy pieces. But I love that this kind of goes back to more of that vibe. And you can see some of the, you know, the palette work that was leveraged for something like Density or maybe even more Canyons, mm-hmm. like with the CMKY color palette. And so you can kind of see all of that still pulled through. I like this particular shift a lot. I, I agree there. I've not been very enthusiastic about the last three drops from Heavy. Aside from having like a lot of respect for density, it's just not my type of thing. But Canyon and Clea mm-hmm. were not very appealing to me. So I'm really happy to see a movement back towards abstract and just kind of like playing in this, this space again. I did end up flipping my mint on this one, though, simply because it yeah. just felt like, you know, 10 Tez, and it was too good of a deal. I, you know, I listed it well above the floor. I put it up into like the 60s or something, and someone reached up and grabbed mine the other day. Now the floor is down to 22. So it's like, you know, if I find one on the floor that I That's like, settled. I can go get it. But I think it was the, the nature of like people cashing in their reserves slowly created this like, because there was a point where there was a lot of secondary market activity happening, but there was still quite a few left to be minted. I ended up selling one of my two for 50. You know, in that respect, it does kind of remind me a little bit of the whole thing with Sprocket Factory mm-hmm. by I, Ryan Bell, which was, you know, 500 edition, five Tez, fully reserved for holders of Ryan Bell pieces. And this is well after Fragments of a Wave had taken off. And I think you had called it is like, what was your phrase? This is the biggest transfer of wealth <laughs> in FX hash history. Yeah. This is like a minor transfer of yeah. wealth. It's obviously not to like the uh, the 40x uh, your return, but I think it was something really nice to reward holders. I really like it when artists do that, even if they might not make as much as they would normally off of the, the primary. Yeah. No, it was like a super nice gesture for sure. I don't actually have like too, like too much to say about this. It's a very nice abstract piece. And I think the addition of the code is is kind of a cool Easter egg thing, especially for the ones where the, it's very present. That would be the type that if one of those like fell to the floor, I would look to buy one that had like the jumbo tech size. But I would bet people were going to price those at more of a premium. I like this overall. I think it's nice. And 
It would be interesting to see how this would have gone if it had been like more of the traditional no reserves, mm. flat price or Dutch auction price. Yeah. You know, just to kind of see what would have happened. Because at 512, I mean, I guess it's the most similar to somewhere between Canyon and Density. You know, I don't know if this would have been super successful if it had a DA resting price of 100. At 512 editions, certainly not. Yeah, but if it's something that like rested at like 20 or 30, maybe. Yeah. It would be interesting to see how that would have done. I think the secondary would have probably been crazier if it had been open. If it was like open at 10 Tez, you would have definitely had bots and flipper armies going in on this one. And it would have created a lot. Of, I mean, the, the resting point might have been the same. Like right now it's around 20 Tez. But I think you might have seen like higher highs and a lot more volume overall. I think this execution was really nice. Agreed. Should we move on to the last one of our top five? Because we're already yeah. getting along in the episode. Unsurprisingly, we've got extracurricular activities with iteration three. Landlines is back with a third piece in the series. And this one mostly reserved for holders of iteration one and two. I think about 300 something of them were reserved. Not the final piece in the series. This was just one that I guess Landlines mm-hmm. decided to start doing reserves on. Very small increase in the price to 12 and a half Tez. <laughs> did you have any reserves on this one? I did not have any reserves on this one because I never went back and got my um, iteration one. I have three iteration twos, mm-hmm. but I think that all the trades that I tried to think through, it was just going to be a little bit unfavorable or like a two for one plus does. Yeah, that's a little much. And I just, yeah, I'm actually, and, and not to talk about the market or anything or saltiness, I'm just, I think I'm actually trying to get out of the iteration series. I'm just off the project. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to think about how to talk about it on the show. I think that part of it is the fact that there's no predictability really in terms of when things will release, how many iterations there will be and what the pricing tiers are going to keep looking like because it's been inconsistent price. Well, it's been consistently moving up. (laughs) It's been consistently moving up. Right. Exactly. Um, and so I think there's just the idea of, how often do I want to try to stay up to get a 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. mint so that I can maybe get a airdrop or a free reserve of a landlines piece at some point? In the future, yeah. Indeterminable future. Nobody knows how far along. And in the meantime, just either being like hyper active and online or spending 20 to 30 on the secondary because I have three iteration twos, 60 to 90 on the secondary in order to keep up. Mm. I just don't think that's going to be sustainable for me. I like iteration three. I like all the iterations. I love landlines, but it just feels not doable at this point. So I'm giving up. I totally get it. I mean, I think it's like, for example, like I don't really care about the sketch series that Sketch is doing because I'm not in on it. I don't have sketch A. Could that series have been designed in a way to make it more accessible and have more people interested in it? Like, yes. But I think just the way it was designed, it's was asking a lot of people to put in a lot of money early to get in on it. And I didn't want to do that. So I've just kind of not really cared about the project too much yeah. because of that. But Sketch A does give you a reserve for all the other sketches, right? And you need Sketch A in order to get whatever's right. coming at the end. And so if you do have Sketch A, then you're in. You're in. You're good. And I, I think, or I would hope that a lot of the people who's paid, because some of the sketch A's were selling for like hundreds, hundreds like 300, 400, 500. I'm sure like, I'm sure one sold for four digits. Your value has not really been returned on that. 
the bulk of the value of that project is in the is in the limited sketch A's, not in like the sketch E's and F's that have come out that have had like ten. Yeah, to but you're scores. you're holding on to your reserve, right? And I think this is where like it's the where we sometimes get in trouble, whether it's about the art or the market. Oh no, no, no! Like, I was just like, making a point there that was like, yeah. I think that the people who are in on it, like I'm saying, I'm hoping that they're in on it because they just want to have the full series. And I, I can think of at least a one person yeah. who has that mindset of probably not caring at all what the secondary value of any of those pieces are. But anyone who like bought into sketch a at a thousand on speculation, thinking that the series was going to like repay oh, them. Yeah. I mean, they may have to wait on a much longer timeline, right. For that to come true. If it ever does Absolutely. like similarly here, right. Like iteration one still holds the highest floor, although that floor has come down. I mean, the high point was like in the 60, 60, or like high 50s and it's down to 38. Oh, wait, it is? Iteration 1 floor is now oh. down to 38. And I think we have people who held Iteration 1 and Iteration 2 who either just didn't get the memo on this one because they're not very attentive to Twitter or Discord because there's still 30 reserved that haven't been claimed. I'm wondering if it's not worth keeping one Iteration 2 and just getting one for the seri- one of each series. But yeah, I mean, just kind of shows, right? Even people who have invested in 1 and 2 are not necessarily here claiming their three so there's like drop off from each series for me personally like i minted them i think it's my least favorite of the three iterations so far it's still a cool landlines piece and by virtue of having my three iteration ones like i feel like i'm interested in continuing to move along but i'm also operating under the assumption that this is not going to go to like iteration 10 and there's no guarantee what do we always say about landlines it's the price is always 20 tes right i could see as the price gets closer to 20, like that's how we know it's getting closer to done, <laughs> right? Five, 10, 12 and a half. If there's an iteration four, that's like 15, then I would kind of assume that iteration five is going to be the one that's going to be put on main for 20 Tez. I can see this going indefinitely. If it's like iteration five and it feels like there's no one in sight, I'll have to reevaluate. It'll have to depend on how good iteration four and five are. And I think also partially how many can you actually get at mint versus picking up on the secondary? Right. If they continue with the reserves or not, yeah. And also, if the price keeps increasing, you have to ask yourself, are you in it because you love it? Like, and you love, like, even like the kind of the game surrounding it. I do kind of love it. And I got, I did, I did yeah. get a really it's your, nice it's your, one. It's your sketch series. Yeah. yeah. I do kind of love it, but I think that there's a limit. With this one in particular, I was like, mm, it's just not hitting the same way as the first two did for me. That doesn't mean that Sketch 4 won't come through and make me like be like, this one's the best one yet. But I did get one really cool one, though. Like My my number 289 is one of the more rare color palettes, and it's like warped, and that one's pretty nice. Very happy to have that one. But I think kind of some yeah. of the more generic ones have a harder time standing out for me in this iteration versus the previous ones. I think there's some really fun shapes here. Like the one that you have, 289, is a really great example. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of like this as more than iteration two, perhaps. It feels like more of a divergence from iteration one, maybe. I can see that. And it feels like we already talked about um, prospective. Astrat. Astrat. Yeah. Like earlier. And it kind of has those vibes to me. The very linear lines that are cleanly broken up into like different shapes, Mm. sort of. But I also like the ones that are like non-shaped. Number 277, just a couple of rows above yours is another great example. I mean, look, like I'm not like bummed or anything. I don't want to go off the impression that I'm mad or bummed. I just, 
personally have a hard time seeing it going past five, especially if there's not going to be like reserves and stuff. I think that's maybe giving the reserves is also an indicator that it's coming to a close, right? Like deciding to do it here, letting everyone who wants to get in for three, like make sure that they complete their sets. So that way, if like four is going to be the last one, hard to read the tea leaves on it. Hey, yeah. I'm never mad to have more landlines. So I know, me neither. And you should go back and look at, at one because they're getting cheaper. And like, I'm sure the floor on three is pretty low if you wanted to get one, just to kind of yeah. The be floor in there. is 18. Yeah. So there you go. Should we do shout outs real quick and wrap the episode? Yeah, we we, we went long. Yeah, it's okay. We always go long. Shout out to Short this week because we covered so much. There was so much cool art to talk about. Where do you want to start? You start with one of yours because I only have one of these that I really feel confident okay. talking about at all. I'll shout out the Flynn's tribute, which we talked about also at the end of the last episode. So that was called Gullet, and that was the piece that Flynn's released for the Herbert Frank charity. This did pretty well, <laughs> surprisingly well in the secondary, actually. I, for a minute there, I thought it was going to get lost in the noise around the Yazid Dutch auction because it, it released concurrently. It started at 50, went down to 10, where it minted out, got heavily flipped at 10, and at just 100 editions, it's now holding a floor of 32 Tez. Personally, it's not my favorite Flynn's compared to some of the other ones. It doesn't quite do the same things that I like, but I think it's really cool that people liked it and... I just want more people to pay attention to Flint. So big shout out. And they did some weird stuff with the colors on this one too. I prefer actually like the plain, (laughs) like white background ones to some of the darker colored backgrounds, but I missed my chance. I thought for certain that I would be able to get these a little bit cheaper. I would have been happy to have one in my collection, but maybe there'll be an opportunity in the future, but just shout out to Flynn's for participating in the charity event and making a cool drop. I think you're going to get your wish with, more people paying attention to Flynn's. They already are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my shout out would be uh, Evasion by Theo, which I butchered the pronunciation on those somewhat intentionally so that way I don't have to bother pronouncing them correctly. <laughs> evasion, it means escape in French. And, you know, it, this is the pure epitome of escape in a way. It's a fully coded landscape that is inclusive of the ocean a sky with the sun in it, you know, at sunrise, sundown, middle of the day, you know, the sand dunes, the beach. And it's just a very, very pleasant body of work that is very enjoyable. It has a lot of interactivity if you open up in live mode. And then there's always this window superimposed on the piece where it just gives you a slightly brighter and like more vibrant view into what's happening. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty evocative piece. It reminds me of um, a little bit of uh, Yukioe uh, Landscape by Exotics. Yeah, I totally see that. Now, obviously, the theme is very similar where it's, hey, let's look at the ocean. But even within like the texturing, the line work and everything. The window is a cool touch, too. Like The window is a cool touch, yeah. But it's definitely more detailed than just like, here's a blank body of water. It's textured. It's, yeah, I like it. I actually did successfully mint one of these and you sold I sold it. it. I yeah. Saw. I flipped it to for 25. Not because I was like, oh, I hate this piece, but it's just like, you got to take some of those flips when you can get them sometimes. And I liked mine though. I liked the coloring on it. It was like a darker red sun, blue border variation. Yeah. It was only two Tez as well. So yeah. like, that's crazy. That paid for two of my landlines mints <laughs> basically. Well, there you yeah. go. I like this one a lot too. This is like kind of the first project of the style from this artist. 
good shout out. Let's see. I guess moving on with shout outs, I'll shout out uh, SF Bachelor for their drop Leviathan. The Bachelor's back with another cool piece. This one that kind of animates, unlike the previous ones, it shows the rendering mm-hmm. process and creates these kind of like very spooky, shadowy figures, kind of demonic, but in a in a cool way. Like, I mean, Angel's Egg and Gaiatica were both very demonic in that particular sense. It's very on theme. Number 27 in particular, it's like it's extra evocative. I just thought this was a very cool drop. I ended up not minting it. It kind of felt stuck for a while and I thought it was going to hang around. So I was delinquent in getting to minting it. But I think now looking at them, it's definitely one where I'd want to just pick one that I really liked. So I'm going to give it some time and, and see what shows up on the floor. But I do think this is a really, really cool drop from The Bachelor. He wrote a really great Twitter thread just around the inspiration and the creation of the piece. So we'll put, put that into the FX text article. So definitely check that out. Last shout out goes to Lametye with their project to Sarah. A cool take on tiling and you know, doing some things with them that you couldn't necessarily do digitally, like adding some cool dimensionality and layering. And this is just like a very nicely executed, kind of like classic FX hash style piece, <laughs> which is why I mm-hmm. want to shout it out. A very just casual mint too. It was uh, made it down to six in the Dutch auction. It was 256 editions and people were just kind of plucking away and sharing their mints and being like, this is really cool. And I don't know, just want to shout it out because it was just a very just fun, chill drop with a lot of nice, subtle variation to it. Looking through it, like there's a lot of nice, like the different color themes, they really stand out. Some of them are definitely much more on like the the monotone side of things, but I really like the ones that kind of feel more multicolored Mm -hmm. and more different variations. Like I was looking at number 104 specifically as something that just has the reds, the blues, the whites. That's nice. Just a fun drop. I minted a couple of them. And they're just chilling. I think they're cool. That's it for shout outs. Short shout outs this week because we covered so much. And we really only have one definitive thing that we're looking ahead to, right? Which is yeah, Lindo finally officially announced the next project coming out Wednesday, October 19th. It's called Ephemera. And it's only 111 editions. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty typical. You know, he's been really tight with like the edition sizing on these types of landscapes. Like, Afton was only 50 editions. Desert Sunrising was like, what, 100? And so it's very exclusive. Very exclusive. The Dutch auction is going to be 600, 400, 250, 150, 180. Any predictions? Yeah, I was just thinking when Desert Sunrising came out, he started it at 1,000 and I think got multiple mints at 1,000. Mm-hmm. I need to see more. I mean, we've seen some of his works in progress. I, I kind of wish I could see it in the queue and like flip it a little bit. Because I really like the style of this one a lot. I'm really, really liking it. I guess my gut is telling me like 250 is where it's going to end up. What do, you, what do you think? I feel that as well. I think 250 sounds about right. I can see that maybe if there are people who are really feeling it, um, they might just go in at 400 with multiple mints. I think it really just depends on if some of the big platform like whales, so to speak, really come in and start the collection. You know, if we see um, the funny guys, for example, come in and get five, that's a pretty good signal. Yeah. Uh, same thing with like Lonely Carpe or Diem. whomever. Yeah. Exactly. If it starts to develop any kind of momentum at a higher tier, that would help. But that's really hard to predict too. Because like some of those collectors also are perfectly fine just not minting and getting them later. So like it's hard to 
know if they're going to try to participate or not in the mint. It could also be like it starts to go at 250, but then like busts at 150 with gas and stuff. That's a 100 test drop there. And it's like really limited editions. And only 111. So like if 10 of them go at 250, you could see people getting in fast at 150. It'll be interesting to watch also and like a good kind of barometer for the market in general to see where it goes. Agreed. Yeah, I think the only other thing that I'm looking forward to and it's only top of mind uh, because we talked about radio gel multiple times this episode is uh, William Mapan Cyril de Agne. When? 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 I mean, that's all it's, we can say because we don't I'm know. I'm hyped for this collaboration. Yeah, it's if they've been working on it for as long as it's been announced, um, you know, I'm expecting really great things just even based off of you know, what happened with Takata when it was basically worked on for six or seven months. Yeah. So a long time coming. Hopefully it's a long time of effort put in. We'll revisit this conversation in like six months, I'm sure. Something like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, enjoy your drive today, Trinity. Be safe out there. Don't do uh, any reckless. What do you call it? What do you call it when you're like an aggressive driver? Oh, I don't, I'm not a road rage. Yeah, no no road raging. I'm very chill. Just, just be chill. Get there safe. Enjoy the weekend with the family. Are you just, are you driving back Sunday? Yeah, I think so. No definitive plans. Oof, wow. But Short trip. Presumably we'll be driving back on Sunday. All right. Well, enjoy your trip. Thanks for the Friday morning meetup as always. Yeah, I love it. Thank you everyone for listening as always and for your continued support through FXX and just the donations. We'd love to see it. That's it for this one, everyone. We'll be back again next week. Later.